Hi, this is Jeff Tate, and you're listening to <laughs> middle-aged metalhead. Middle-aged metal. That's harder to say than I thought it was. It's a tongue twister. Middle-aged metalheads. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Middle-aged Metalheads. I am with John Harden, Michael Stamps, and David Timoney. I'm Colin Bossler, and tonight, and tonight we're going to talk about an exciting topic for me, anyway, and that is the power ballad. As you guys know, glam metal was my thing in the 80s. And what, when you think of glam metal, how can you not think of the power ballad? That is where, <laughs> that is where they made their fortunes by bringing the women into this mix and, and the, the songs, the melodies that still are in our heads. So I am excited about this, guys. How about you? Oh, stoked. Yeah, yeah, just I got my lighter ready to go. I wasn't <laughs> super stoked until I started making my list. And I just like some of the songs on my list. I'm just like, that's such a great freaking song, man. Yeah. Uh, there's there, there some good songs. Uh, I think there was a time when the ballad was really crushing it. And then it got to a point where it became a little bit of a parody. It, it became, it went from maybe genuine to a must enforced yeah. by record labels mm, and, and yeah. we can talk about sort of when that turn happened but uh but there are some great ones for mm -hmm. sure for sure absolutely so let's let's just kind of uh i guess because it's one of those things uh that that, that everybody defines a little bit differently maybe we could just do a little round robin and kind of kind of get a sense <laughs> of like what what is a power ballad for for a metalhead uh sure. we gotta just, just get like some examples or just like like what, what kind of defines or how would you describe a power ballad? Well, I will start if you don't mind. Let's do I, that, Colin. I, I grew up in the 70s, the, the decade of the love song. So when I grew up, love songs to me were those syrupy, sweet, uh, very soft songs. And to me, the power ballad, the key to that is that word power. I think if you stay soft and you stay reserved, uh, we'll bring up some of these songs later, but for example, Every Rose Has Its Thorn to me is not a power ballad. No. It stays very soft. It stays very um, simplistic. Okay. It's simplistic in, it, in its tone. You know, it doesn't reach out too much. The power part of it to me is what makes that power ballad. When you have those major chords kicking in, those crescendos, the driving beat, the, 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 you know, the, the real, the real uh, push behind that song that's how i define a power ballad so to me when i was looking at my list which we're going to share later i had to push away the love songs like sticks is one of my favorite bands and i think michael you had that on that list there lady to me is lady a nice, yeah, it's a nice love song definitely not what i would say power ballad because it just, just doesn't have that there. that it big push all i can what? think of is kenny rogers every time i see that well, that's oh. another that's another great song oh Absolutely. how about like th th three times a lady Three times a lady again. Very nice love song. About three times a lady. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Thank you, Buckwheat. Um, but that's but that's what I when I think of power ballads, I think that's what it does it for me is is that big push, that big power uh, when they're singing their song. Okay, so not just not the ballad, but the the power that the goes power. with it. Okay, David, what do you, what do you, what do you think? What is I uh, I am in a, I'm in agreement there. Um, there's some must haves for the power ballad. Right. And I debated whether it needed acoustic guitar. Right. Because okay. like, I don't think you need acoustic guitar, but you need, you need that dichotomy of the clean, soft, revelatory 
beginning, yeah, right? Okay. If like, not acoustic guitar, a piano. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Mean, something. Because I think that some of the needs are that there's the contrast is a necessity between the vulnerability and the power. There needs to be a that point where it drops, like whether it's the drum the drums yeah. kick in, the power the shift. heavy guitars, like that's the do do exactly. do wow, and you're like yes, <laughs> and uh, you know, but it also, I mean, this is that opportunity for these like heavy musicians to peel the curtain back just a little bit, and let's like Colin said, like they don't have to be soft in it; they're just kind of showing another facet of their of who they are i think it needs a great guitar solo okay like this is that again like it's the guitarist opportunity to not just like wail and shred and all this stuff to be tasteful to be powerful and emotional in their playing mm-hmm. um you know so those are the things that i look for and there are songs that started on my list like much like colin said that i took off the list because they are ballads by heavy bands, but they are not power ballads. There's no, but it's missing the power. It's just the ballad. Okay, all right. Well, John, what do you what do you, what do you think? What these two guys have offered? I, I agree completely. I was just looking at the list that I sort of put together, and I didn't realize we were going for power ballads uh, specifically. I thought we, we were just we going to speak. The doc power no, ballads. we didn't. No, we weren't. We weren't necessarily. So we're just. You know. I thought we were just talking heavy metal oh, ballads, but, well, but it turns skip, out that the, five, <laughs> that the five I picked would be power ballads. They have that exact shift that David's talking about. And those are the ones I prefer. Um, I don't like Every Rose Has Its Thorn. I think it's fucking boring. And <laughs> like when they play it live, it's boring. I get why it's there. And I get why they did it because it was probably their biggest selling song, you know, in, in, yeah. in the case of like Tesla love song was their biggest song because those ballads started to bridge a gap. No longer was it just the guys girls started coming in. Some of them were already there because they liked the way some of the acts looked, but mm-hmm. the ballad was for them. And the ballad is usually what went to number one before maybe the rock track did for sure. Um, so yeah, I we'll we'll get to our lists, but uh, but it turns out yeah the the ones I chose were power ballads. Good for you, John. Okay, hey, yeah, man. I I, I think just doing my part. Well, everything that you guys described there kind of uh, you know is in sync with what uh, our friend Simon Frith. Uh, he is a British so Simon Frith. He is oh. a famous socio musicologist and rock critic. So uh, he identifies. Do we qualify for that? Uh, I think we do. He's, I mean, he's, you gotta, we you are gotta, famous and we are rock critics. Sixty ups. You got you got to publish a few books first, as uh, as Simon has. Yeah, I'll write something tonight. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> he says uh, in this quote here, uh, he, he identifies the origins of the of the power ballad in the emotional singing of soul artists, particularly Ray Charles, and the adaptation of his style by performers such as Eric Burden. Tom Jones and Joe Cocker to produce you know, this guy's full of soup. slow Eric tempo Burton, songs, Burton. often building to a loud and emotive chorus backed by drums, electric guitar, and sometimes choirs. And according to Charles Aaron, power ballads came into the existence in the early 1970s when rock stars attempted 
to convey profound messages to audiences. So it, it, it has a lot to do with the vocalist. You guys were talking about this, the sort of like the time changes, uh, the, the electric guitar uh, solo or the acoustic opening or that just that sort of back and forth between the quiet and the loud. Uh, but here it's, it's more about the, the emotional uh, performance of the vocalist. I think that's for anybody who's ever sung a power ballad at a rock show, in their car, in the shower. Uh, that's, that's the part you play, right? You play the part of the, 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 the sort of mopey, uh, you know, brokenhearted or the, the, the empowered uh, vocalist. Uh, whether or not you're listening to Ray Charles or Tom Jones or not, uh, I guess that doesn't, doesn't matter so much. Uh, but I, I don't know. I don't necessarily distinguish between a power ballad and just a, a regular old ballad ballad. Uh, songs like Guns N' Roses' Patience is a, is a great ballad. It doesn't necessarily have all the power of, I don't know, like let's say, you know, one of the Scorpions' bigger hits like uh, Still Or, or even their own other songs, Sweet Child of Mine or November yeah. Rain. Yeah, which, which are much more sort of like crowded with a lot of the, the you know, build uh, with this sort of dramatic energy that those, those sort of epic songs uh, tend to do. Uh, Patience is just kind of like, it stays real nice and slow and even. It's got some whistling. Uh, oh, it's, most, it whistling. It's, it's all acoustic. Uh, so it, it, it definitely, you know, so I don't really, you know, uh, discriminate too, uh, too much between uh, uh, a ballad straight up or, or, or a power ballad. I like them all. They're all good. <laughs> there, are, there are, of course, some really shitty ones. And maybe that, that gets into like what John had already intimated, that sometimes it just becomes a, a sort of like, you know, recording company sort of expectation. You got to do a ballad, guys. And it's like, but we don't have real feelings. <laughs> we We're not human. We can't actually do this. Well, and I think you look at the end of the 80s when, when sort of the, the metal train was starting to pull into the station and you saw, you saw popular music start to take a turn towards something else. And I feel like during that time, you just got flooded with ballads, with these bands that like you've never heard of. They have one album and they're coming out with a sort of a half-assed ballad, be it Fly High Michelle or anything by Firehouse. Like, it, oh, it, it, you know what I, I mean? It I was love just Firehouse. like, but, Come but, on. but it's, I, I mean, Firehouse that's the thing awesome. is like, Love of a Lifetime, is that going to go down as like an amazing ballad? Mm. Not really. No. Like, I think they were just grasping it. Dude, I got like a like, double hatred for Firehouse. And you know what it is? <laughs> double is that hatred? When fire, yeah, because first of all, I hate them because they suck. But second of all, <laughs> When Firehouse was really big, I was really into Firehose. Oh, right. Mike Watt band, oh, yeah. Man, dude, you'd be like, oh, dude, that Firehose, Firehose, yeah, yeah, they're playing down the So you go to the local oh. record shop and they'd be like, here it is. And you're here like, yes. And you're like, that's, no, no, my, my it. guys have armpit hair. But as, <laughs> as far as, you know, don't, before everybody shits on Firehouse, they, I'm not shitting on them. I love they them. sold a ton of records. Oh, that no, song they, was huge. They are still together. They still put yeah, out new music. A lot of fiber cool. they, diet. And they are beloved by the people of Japan. Great. Maybe you guys can get Dave to go see that when they play the local like beer garden. Yeah. 
They, go they don't to have COVID, to. They COVID Fest 2021. <laughs> I saw them last year. They were a lot of fun. They were with who? Who were they playing? Uh, I'm fascinated. Sixty. Uh, it was it was Firehouse and uh, it was Firehouse was Lita Ford. Ford. Yeah, it was Firehouse Le- and Lita Ford and somebody Oof. else and somebody else was there too. Um, I don't remember the opening band. Excellent. Firehouse was amazing. People were singing along. Lita Ford completely killed the vibe, and we had to leave. What? She was she was just you know not why. anywhere near as infectious and fun as Firehouse. Oh, she's probably. Well, I'm gonna show. And I've seen her a couple of times. And she is she's good, but there was that that night but Firehouse just blew the the. I'm telling you, I think it might have been Black and Blue that opened. But anyway, the Firehouse made the crowd just sing. They were exciting. They had their they they had the whole rock sheets? act going. Oh yeah, and then and then she came out and she was just kind of doing her Lita thing, and it just didn't really click. Oh, I was going to well, see her before the world got shut down with uh, Alice Cooper and somebody yeah, else. That's yeah. right. We we had tickets for that. Was it Tesla? And Tesla. Uh, Tesla. Yeah, it was going to be a it was going to be a ripe show. Tesla was opening, so I could come late. Oh well, yeah, Love of a Lifetime went to number five in 1991. Yeah, yeah. So they, were, they were still clanging on the yeah, edge everybody of that cliff. With taste, everybody with taste was in college at the time doing other things. Yeah. But John, but John makes, but John makes a really important point, and that's and I wanted to just take a few minutes to talk about because we did that episode on on the protest songs, and I told everybody I think that's a bunch of horseshit. Nobody really cares about the things they're protesting about, but I think that people did in the beginning really have these, to Mike's point, had feelings, right? I think these bands had feelings. They wanted to get them out. So the ballad was created because I think somebody sat down and said, you know, I don't want to just scream or yell. I have feel right. I think about, I'm thinking about home or this woman or my parents or whoever it is. And they wanted to have a nice song. And all of a sudden the women were like, oh my God, that's a great song. What a pretty melody. I can sing along to it. It's fun. And so like like, uh, John said, eventually... It became, you know, track, track, ballad. Track, track was your side. And you had to have that ballad in there because they had seen such success. But I don't, I think in the end, it wasn't as genuine. I think in the beginning, people really have a, a desire at times to get out those feelings because most musicians don't just play one style of music, right? They play more than one, but they make their money. And, and David, you taught me this. You said before, when you were growing up, you listened to a lot of stuff that wasn't metal and it wasn't rock. Don't use right? my words to hurt me. <laughs> But I, and so, but I, and but, so but, but, if, if you don't mind me finishing, Michael, and so oh, people ahead. have these, and so people have these influences, and so they have these different influences, and they want to get this music out. So like they, they might do that piano piece, or they might do that acoustic piece, or they might do something, and I just think it's in them, and they just wanted to express it, but then it made money. But you know, uh, now that you finished, uh, to, 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 <laughs> thank to, you, Michael. To, 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 to my point, I would say like that sometimes just runs counter to type that it's just not sort of a, a heavy metal thing to do like those sort of like uh soul bearing heart opening you know uh payons to love and uh and genuine emotion definitely don't always fit with our stereotypical notion of hard rock and heavy metal they seem to be kind of like counter to that so when, when power ballads do slip into uh, an album and become like a hit single it it often seems like like a little bit of a sellout that there's something kind of contrived about it um and that that, that what's driving it is trying to push units um that's 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 just a cynical you know marketing take on yeah, it I, but i think that there is you know and we've talked about this in the past like there are bands who have had enough 
who have developed enough of an audience and have developed enough cred to bring the audience along with them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think Metallica did it with, with fade to black. It's like, you're in the building now. So here's some other stuff we do. And people are like making a decision, like, are we going to listen to this? (laughs) And they did. And it paid off. And, but for some other bands, like I, I imagine, you know, if like Saturday night live did a thing where like a metal band, producer comes in he's like all right guys we need the ballot and like these neanderthals just like hitting them their heads up against the wall you know or, or you those know, same that, fans uh, though that took the ride with with that got pissed when nothing else matters came a few years later right you oh, know what i mean and, that's that and granted thing i think i think that yeah it, that but granted it expanded their audience more than it it decimated it some people fell off the bus but more got on true for sure. Well, even and again, I think in that little clip that we have for the ride, the lightning, uh, you know, listening party, the guys are talking about like just the fact that the the song is slow, you know, fade to black is slow makes they're talking about how Metallica has sold out because at that point, you know, speed metal, thrash metal defines itself by aggressiveness, by speed, and you know, that, that sort of like driving relentless rhythm to slow down uh, so that you can actually hear the lyrics and, and contemplate them. It's like a whole different genre of music in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that, that gets us to like one of the, the, the questions here where we want to kind of distinguish between types of power ballads because uh, clearly they're not all all the same. There are because there, there are there are love songs, right? But I don't think anybody would say, oh, Fade to Black, that's, that's a great love song. I want to slow dance to that with my, my sweetheart, wow. like, like David did at his high school dance. Uh, yeah. But because, because the topic, the, the subject matter is, is, is different. Um, so what, what, are, what are some of the, the better, uh, let's say, love song power ballads that we're, you know, that we're thinking of when we're Sorry. contemplating like, the evolution of this genre, both as sort of like just an aspect of heavy metal. Some bands like David was, was suggesting are just like, they throw one in on every album. So it's just kind of like what they do. And then there's others who are just like, hey, this is us. And yes, that's a piano. Yeah, I think Colin had it like with the 70s. 70s had that syrupy love ballad. And, and it seems like every act back then, like the Carpenters and all those, you know, they, they made entire careers out of out of ballads like that. Mm-hmm. But when you started to get to rock and hard rock, uh, I, I think there's some pretty good ones. I mean, I, it's, I think they're, they're genuine. Like, you know, Mike, you had put some from the 70s there. And I think songs like Dream On, I think Dream Mon's an incredible song. Um, oh, for sure. You know, Beth is still the highest charting song Kiss ever had. I don't care for it that much. Um, you know, does that qualify as a love song? I don't know. It's more like, uh, I got to get back to what I'm doing. So are you cool? Like, I'll be <laughs> home whenever. I think what, what are the, um, one of the unwritten rules of the power ballad, especially the love one, does it have a chick's name in it? If it does, well, that qualifies then. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's just kind of like uh, Rosanna. It's like, yeah, it's that's definitely going to be a love song. It's not about an abstract concept. But I, I, I still remember hearing Beth for the first time in the early '70s, or that's like '76 or so, and because they they performed it, 
I don't know. They won like some people people's choice award or something. It was like the number one song of the year. Yeah. Um, and it was like nothing else that I had heard Kiss ever do. Uh, but I I liked it. I liked that, and I liked the other Peter Chris song, uh, "Hard Luck Woman." Hard Luck Woman. Rags. You know, so, so that's that was kind of their 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 little formula. Girl there. Rags. The girl Rags. <laughs> that's her name. Mm-hmm. That's that's rough. Rags. Sailor's only daughter. But there there were a lot of other experimental songs going on the on the Destroyer record too, like Great, Great Expectations. Expectations. Come on, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's pretty much. I don't know. If that's I always a- loved. I always loved you, Pip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Haversham. What are you doing in that wedding dress, you crazy bitch? But you know, I don't think that's what they were talking about. They were talking no, about. Like, well, that's why I don't like it because that's. It's it's neither here nor there, but yeah. but but Beth stands out, and 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 Dream On is uh, not necessarily a love song, but you know it kind it kind of it, it has that sort of like definitely power ballad oh, kind of feel see. to it. It has the turn. Yeah, it absolutely it does. does. Yeah. And the the other one I added there to the list lately was uh, uh, it, we'll just throw it in there. Leonard Skinner's Freebird, right? That's yeah, that's that just, turns three times. <laughs> Absolutely, and it, and it, for and nine it, minutes, and it, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds. It's like the drive-by truckers song, you know. It just says like, "Freebird is a really long song." <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but uh, yeah, the seventies, I think, because the the, the 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 sort of definition of what heavy metal would become and how it would kind of like uh, become much more rigid. You know, you could you could have bands like uh, like the Alice Cooper band or Alice Cooper solo putting out songs like "Only Women Bleed," which was right. a popular song for him. And Lita Ford ultimately covered it maybe ten years later. Uh, it's a it's a sweet kind of ballad about you know uh, gender relationships. Uh, then there's you know Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath would always have like a slow kind of eerie jam in there here and there, but changes is. About as close as you're going to get to like a radio friendly ballad from 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 Black Sabbath Circuit Volume Four. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course like there's songs like Nazareth, their cover of the Everly Brothers. Uh, That's I mean, Love Hurts. I would I would almost say, and you have to check me on this. That may be like the foundation of the power ballad. It's a, because of when it came out. It's entirely possible. You know, I mean mm-hmm. that tune. It just it lands, man. It's it's got all like the stuff that we were talking about, the components mm. of the power ballad. I would say that if somebody said my favorite power ballad is this, and we're like, have you ever heard this? And if they haven't, they'd be like, that's a good tune. Yeah, I, and I, I I'd be hard pressed if we'd probably all be hard to pressed hear to say Kill that. Switch Engage do that song. I would pass on that. I see a cover band. I I, I see what I see what you're saying there though. Uh, hey, corn just corn just did uh, "Devil Went Down to Georgia." That's a pretty good version, so they can pull that off. They can keep that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good yeah. version. It's fine. Hey, thanks, Ed. No one asked. <laughs> why? Why of all? Why of all songs would they cover that? Because if you read the article, there's in, in tribute to to, uh, to famed racist who just passed away, Charlie Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Their reasoning in the article was that a lot of country music has a dark edge to it. And it's, yeah, not, no it's shit. not it's not all right so and so they <laughs> yes. thought see they, also famed racist charlie daniels <laughs> <laughs> moving on but uh but 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 
but but Johnny with his clean picking and fiddling, he wins and the devil loses. I don't know. That's not a dark edge. It seems to send a pretty powerful Christian message. Yeah. That's like and, Crossroads and, with Steve Vai. Yeah, right. it totally is. And 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 the devil's jam in that song is so much cooler. Just saying. Who's next? Um, Look at that head. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we started off here, Colin, talking about how uh, these power ballads were kind of derogore for what would be called glam metal bands. And maybe that's where glam metal and power ballads both really get a bad name. Uh, We've already shat upon uh, every rose has its thorn, despite the fact that 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 made Poison a shit ton of money. Oh, as as we were talking about the other bands, their biggest song, yeah, easily, yeah. easily. And you it, know what? They they went from that song being like the, you know, the bring your girlfriend to the show song, right? Put it on all your compilation tapes song, to yeah. being like the song that made them the laughing stock for a couple of years, which in turn triggered their resurgence like brett michaels had his own tv show they put the song in that ashton kutcher movie and the next thing you know everybody's freaking listening to poison again yep 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 it's it's funny how this i I, I don't have it in front of me but i would wager that home sweet home is also crew's biggest song you probably probably that's 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 another one that kind of kind of fits into the pattern here it just kind of comes really out of left field um, and then, then you see, like, even on such, really, the Theater of Pain is a notoriously weak record. It's, it runs about 36 minutes. Let's so, the, what, though, you can't walk past a middle school band room without some moron playing Home Sweet Home, <laughs> out of tune, upright piano. Yeah. <laughs> Myself and yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, When I, we were in high school, it was the intro to five to six Journey songs. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Run, for us, it was that. It was Runaway. It was Hot Lunch Jam from the Fame soundtrack. <laughs> and Angry Young Man, if you like. If you were fast us. enough. Yeah. See, there's, so there's, there's another band there, Journey, with Open Arms and uh, God damn it. What's the other song? So, so Faith, many. Faith, Faithfully. Faithfully. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's like, because so they, cause they open were. Open Arms. They were a hard rock band, but when they got into, especially with Steve Perry's voice, when they got into like those really dramatic songs, or you know, even a song like uh, uh, "I Want to Be Back by My City by the Bay," that's lights. lights. When the lights go down in the city, it's like those are like really powerful songs that just kind of like stick to the ribs. Yeah, Um, they were like, I mean, I think to me though, yeah, at their core, like journey, their love songs and their songs wishing about being home while on tour, which David has thoroughly expressed. But, but but, I mean, journey, I think at their core is like, they wrote torch songs, you know, they wrote Mm -hmm. like modern day torch songs. This, those are the yeah. kind of like anthems that will live on forever. Like people would love, like people would love to have one of those freaking songs. For Molly Crew, it was sure. "Home Sweet Home," yeah. you know. And as much as like I think like the like the Metallica thing, as much as the Crew fans hated it, you know what I mean. The thing with "Home Sweet Home," I don't remember. And I mean, to I I sort of consider "Home Sweet Home" maybe the first ballad of this generation of rock mm, okay. beyond beyond the Aerosmiths and those 
I think it's the first one that landed because I mean, yeah, like, right. Theater of Pain came out fairly early. I don't remember any bigger ballad sort of than that. But didn't Sister time. Christian that's, precede Home Street? That's, that's Home? 85. Yeah, yeah but, but especially at the time, I don't think Night Ranger was considered in considered in the same circle yeah, as mine. They were, they were like that. They were way radio, more an radio FM radio. Friendly. Yeah. Okay, but I thought you were talking about power ballads, not. No, I, ju- I just mean in terms of, of quote unquote metal. Uh, of bands that are stereotypical metal. That it might have to been. To me, yeah. the first ballad I really remember is Home Sweet Home. And unlike the sort of whiplash reaction that some of the fans gave Nothing Else Matters, I don't remember there being a strong backlash against Home no, Sweet people, Home. People like that song a lot. Which is crazy because, I mean, you've got the album before. You have uh, an image and an album that's based around being a bunch of street rats that are, you know, with the satanic imagery and the spikes and the hair and the whole deal and the fire. Then you get this next album that, I mean, the first, the first single is a terrible cover. Yeah. But, and then, you know what, and then home sweet home comes out and it's like, what is happening to this band? That happens like within like two years. Yeah. But, that, and, tell you but what, then that, that song yeah. just went off like a rocket. It that was on cover, MTV that every cover 10 is, minutes. Yeah. Like, that cover is terrible, but you know what? People liked it, man. People liked like, yeah, I, I, like I, the I think, idea. I think also it. they were hungry for a new crew record and they had their image totally changed. Yeah. Remember they went yeah. from they went from the leather like and the spikes to to Nikki Six stealing Steven Tyler's jumpsuit. Yeah. Wearing yeah. Pink. I, but I yeah, and, I think it yeah. but I think that, that again it's like that it's that Metallica thing. It's like I think they had a big enough fan base to say, Hey, that this they is could where roll we're the going. dice and the yeah. fan base was like, All right, and my girlfriend yeah. likes it. Yeah. No, and it, it, it definitely for the time it it worked. Yeah, uh, whether whether Molly was it- Cruz reasoning was probably like there's too many fucking guys at our shows. Like, <laughs> what can we do to fix this? Like, right? They're like they're like telling the roadies go find me somebody, and they bring. Yeah, we can't lay the I mean, dudes. Where are the women? Like a young, young boy. I don't know. Really I don't know. Me. I remember like seventh and eighth grade. There are plenty of chicks who love Motley Crue with the shout at the devil look. They again because they, because MTV like presented them in a kind yeah, of uh, those girls who didn't a, wash their hair. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But uh, I, I think, John, you make a good point. There's certainly like a, the biggest kind of commercial, uh, we have to use this word here, unfortunately, crossover sort of hit for a metal band uh, to, to get into mainstream success, make lots of money based on a power ballad, aside from what Kiss might have done or any of the bands in the 70s. But here in like eight, the heart of the 80s, yeah, Home Sweet Home becomes that that song where it's like what's up what's going to be our home sweet home every band is like in the studio like banging their heads against the wall thinking like can we get a piano player in here can we get some sort of like sweet syrupy lyrics together yeah michael i'll tell you what when you've got you know post pubescent boys realizing they have feelings and they're sitting there and they're like i am a dreamer Uh, yeah (laughs) he's like you know i'm a dreamer he's like yeah I love you, Vince Neil. <laughs> yeah, you you see you see into my heart, Vince Neil. You see into my heart, man. Right. You're, and then they're like, "That's, that's the, the last time any human said that." They're like, "That's the <laughs> that's the drummer playing the piano." Wow, I love you, Tommy Lee. 
Tommy, you, he's got a you, soft side. It's right next to the piano. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 and the video is such a, uh, how should you say it? It's, it doesn't seem to kind of uh, sincerely represent the lyrics because there's all sorts of chicks like flashing yeah, their tits. No, it's, it's, it's just an on-the-road video. It's the, you know, the right. mythical, yeah. the bus right. coming through the fog. Yeah. Vince, Vince kissing his hand and putting it on Heather Thomas before going on stage. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. it's, or Tommy. Yeah. Tommy. I'm, put, I'm putting Tommy. the video well, on right yeah. Hold on. I'm putting this video on my screen up here. There you go. Yeah, Listen, man. It's a good video, but it also, talking about it being on MTV so much, on Dial MTV, it was number one so long that you could watch up to number one and then just go do what you had to do because it's going to be Home Sweet Home again. Oh, like, wait, there's yeah. this big um, intro? I don't yeah. remember the big oh, intro. Oh, yeah. I'm on yeah. my way. I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm on my way. Yeah, because they're all, they're all characters, right? Yeah. They're all sort of like, doing their characteristic things like mick mars is in a tomb doing oh man this i'm corpse. telling you this video this video is like I, I think once the video got big this intro was cut off yeah oh yeah then, for then sure. it just started with the bus like started like 35 like, seconds i'm in. telling you though yeah. that bus is like that's the like the the we made it big Oh, for and, sure. And, we, and I mean, and the next yeah. shot is a massive arena stage being constructed. Like, yeah. but and this is you, album dude, number two. 13-year-old boys across the country are just like, I feel alone like that too. Yeah. And there had already and, been videos that, that had done that. I think the, the Journey video does that. Um, if, you watch, if you watch the full video for Rats Wanted Man, it starts I've off with them getting before. Oh, uh, you should totally check it out. They get uh, their flat. So many parkans. I fucking love yeah, it. It's awesome. <laughs> um, so let's let's consider some other. Uh, just looking here at the dock, just in the the same sort of area of Motley Crue. One one of the things that uh, this this little table illustrates, hopefully, is that oh, yeah, big table there, dude. Uh, it is. A yeah, big you table. did a lot of homework, man. Wow. Yeah, this is just off the top of my head. Just doing you're like a professor. Duty. Something like I that. Never take Sorry. Class. No, please don't. Cheese uh, and crackers, man. But but what what you what you see here is that sort of like, you know, almost foolproof sort of like marketing strategy. Time the release of the new album with the rocker, the one that's going to get the heads banging, the fists pumping, the one that's maybe going to get on MTV, get on FM radio, and be the sort of like lead single. But if that doesn't really kind of like soak up a whole lot of, uh, you know, uh, testosterone, then you go with the follow-up single, which is gonna almost inevitably be number the, the number two track, or the, at least the number three track if you get three singles out of these guys. Yeah, and it's gonna be the power ballad, and it's, that it's is the, the one. Boost. You know, yeah. the, the the first single is gonna do well regardless because it's a new album coming out, and if that band has fans already. They just want something new. It doesn't really matter what it is. Case yeah. in point, smoking in the boys' room. Yeah. <laughs> but when that album starts to go limp, or you know, generally it was a month or two before the tour would start after the record would come out, that's usually when the ballad came out. And mm -hmm. it would go to the top of the charts and it would be on MTV constantly. And it's like, guess who's coming to your town? Yeah. And 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 I think we we've made the point here too, especially about glam metal, how it you know, it's uh, it, 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 we have we have glam metal to thank 
probably for the much larger success of heavy metal culture at large because it expands the fan base uh, enormously by actually including you know the broader taste of uh, let's let's just say you know that the, the, the softer songs do attract a, a female audience they have like the, the sort of like a, uh, a you know there, there are definitely so many metal songs that are written from a, a sort of like a hyper masculine sort of like you know from what, what uh, Walzer will call like an excriptive point of view where like women and love are not the subject matters of any of the band's songs. So when you get a ballad in there, it's like, hey, that's something I can relate to. Um, even if you're a band like Europe and you come out and you're like, <laughs> shit, we're going to blow the fuckers away with the final countdown, our lead single. And everyone's going to love that. And everyone totally does love the final countdown. And then they come back with a follow-up single that hits really hard. Really? Rock the night. Pretty cool. Joey Tempest and the guys at the Hard really? Rock, you know, uh, you know, burger <laughs> joint. And then they slay the ladies with Carrie. Yeah. And if it has a girl's name in it, you know the panties are wet. Because it's just, it's oh, going to be, wow. it's going to be one of those swoon songs that's going to be like, wow, these guys don't only just like rock the night, but they're like gentle. They're tender. I, I love them. I want the. I mean, that's aren't the they, best aren't they like Scandinavian or something? Ever. What's that? <laughs> like, that's the best review of this podcast I've ever heard. That's what it's all about, right? Um, Tenderness. So it is. It's about, you know, like, like what Metallica says in Nothing Else Matters. It's like. Dude, I know a lady who looks little, exactly little... like the singer for Europe. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, I <laughs> yeah. think that's a look. Yeah. That's a look that you that was going plays for. bass for Def Leppard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a good look. So I don't know if Rock the Night was ever really a hit, or they slayed with anything. But I get your point, Michael. It was it was released as a second single. Yeah, it was, I mean, I started to remember it coming out. I don't know about taking it by storm. It was <laughs> on dial. M it was on dial MTV. Um, yeah, yeah. what was it back then? Right? Do you remember? But, but, but that's the thing. Point. How about Cherokee? You remember Cherokee? I do. I do. Of course, yeah. Cherokee. Yeah, yeah. That's that was the Who? fourth single. They had. Why a, are we talking about Europe? Because, because, uh, I have no uh, idea man. what you're talking. They're about. slaying. They're slaying. They're totally All right, slaying. let's talk about good I, bands that have. Yeah, that. I want to. Can I we do our list? Fun of your picks is what we I want. Yeah, can we do, do our list soon? You won't oh. make fun of my list because my list is fucking awesome. Your wife said <laughs> not according to your wife. Yeah, I will. We will get to my wife's list because as compiling mine, I was told it was quote bullshit. I love the fact that wife. I love the fact that sixty percent of your list is identical and your list sucks. <laughs> right? Yeah, that, I, that's exactly right. I mean, I, part of I, it is the I way you I say was it. told that my ordering was off. Ah, uh, well, so are we are we ranking so, these goddamn things? I ranked or? mine. If your right. wife tells you your order isn't off, she's right. Okay, so we let's do start we wanna, at number five. Do we just want to go around in a sequence and say like just? Give sure. us one pick and we'll do it five times. Start at number five. We'll work okay. our way and to then, our and, 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 and everybody shout out if, if somebody's got your pick there. Yeah. I'm sure we have overlap. Hold on. If we've got overlap, what do we do? We, we just, just talk, talk about it out. It. Yeah. yeah. Not too complicated. All right, Cole, what you got? Number five. Nobody has this on their list. Entrance by the Scorpions. Holy crap. Wow. Nice. That, that is true. Is, I love that song, man. Give it a what listen. What album sometime. is that, Colin? It's on Entrance. Uh, yeah, it's on Entrance, yeah. There we go. 
That is that is a good one, yeah. And you could probably pick a, a lot of Scorpion songs, even like from the early records. Yeah, uh, the Scorpions are a band that were doing this well before it was a marketing trick. Like yeah. every one of their albums yeah. has songs like this. Yeah, I think it's because they have roots that go back with with Rudy all the way to like the late fifties. But see, that's the point, and that's, that's it was exactly that's band. exactly the point I was making. Was these was guys Tommy Aldrich in the Scorpions? <laughs> Founding no. member. Founding member. Um, but they were they had such a great a great depth right uh, they're doing it before it was even supposed to be done but they wanted to yeah. do it they're like let's make a nice song nice you know yeah nice, and, and, nice it, and, and, and in a lot of ways they they because the success they have uh you see a lot of bands start to kind of follow their lead uh, and, and think well shit we're we see what the scorpions do if you tool with them or you watch their uh you know you listen to their records um, so it's very easy to kind of see that, that that sort of influence. That's that's a good pick there in trance. Hey. All right, David, what you got? I'm so confused by this Scorpion song. <laughs> it's weird, right? Like I'm listening to it too. Like it's not bad. I mean, the first definitely is screaming. His his voice sounds exactly the same as it did, you know, for an album that came out in 1975. I'm so confused. <laughs> Why are you confused, David? Isn't he How great, is this though? Invalid? Because he's in trance. He's, he's, he's singing about the, how he's feeling. He's screaming. And it's it not goes, much of a ballad. It's not, I'm going to go ahead. And, like, I'm not going to. I'm just going to say I don't, I don't understand it. All right. All right. I wake so up I'm in going, the morning. I'm going the real. sun begins to shine. That's a ballad. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Michael pointed out it doesn't have to be about love. It's a story. That's true. It's a story true. about right. He woke up. He's waking That's up in true. the morning. Sun begins to shine. Yeah, he has case a little in wine. point. Nothing to lose. <laughs> I might. I might have Everybody gone with uh, with holiday or with uh, loving you Sunday morning, which does pick up too. Yeah. But since you, since you pulled it, but, but David, uh, what right. you got? David's number five. Well, I'm, I'm not going in any order because I think mine are all number one. But I'll my Obviously. first one. The Tale That Wasn't Right by Halloween. Okay. I freaking love this song. So good. Heavy solos. I checked that Killer out. voice, that, that Michael Kiske. Yeah. Such a great tune. That's What's what it I called? Got. Tales of what? Tale That Wasn't Right. It is on Keeper of the Seven Keys. Keeper of the Seven Keys. Right. Part, 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 oh, oh, that I'm sure I've heard. I just didn't recognize the name. Okay. Uh, good song. It's not a love song, in other words. It is. It's it's a relationship song. Okay. I don't know that he specifically. Oh. You know, I don't know that it's specifically about yeah. a woman. It might be about the band. I don't know. <laughs> the band is broken up like four times, and yeah, now that they're back together, it's like two full bands. It's like the Grateful Dead of power metal. Awesome, Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Halloween, dude. You're gonna get turned into a pumpkin. It says I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I always said it once. Are you, All right, sure? Josh. Are you sure it's on Keeper? Because I just like to keep it. It is. It's on part one. Part one. Not nah, part two. Oh, sorry. All right. Spotify gave me part two first. Sorry. All right. So, John, what you got? Number five. I had Tesla's love song. All right. That I had that one on my list All too. Right, fine. I'll listen to it. All right. <laughs> So John, while Dave listens to Love Song for the first time. John, it is called mm -hmm. Love Song. So what, what exactly makes this, and maybe that's another thing we consider too. It's like, 
what makes this like a great song, a great power ballad? Well, I think I think if we're talking about personal lists, I love Tesla anyway, and I love the great radio controversy, the album that it's on. Um, I just think that that like I said, this was their biggest song. This this took them from opening for bands to headlining that on that album, mm-hmm. and uh, I just think it's a really well written song. I love. Frank Cannon as a guitarist, and at the time, Tommy Skietch. Great. It's got a great turn. Um, Jeff Keith sounds good on it. It's, uh, Dave is making faces. He's not enjoying this whatsoever. Going back to Halloween. And and the the thing that I, that's so remarkable about Where did you have it ranked, Mike? Um, I I just had like a, like a scratch together list. Oh, okay. I'd put it closer to the top. Um, But, Again, the, the really the the, the the takeaway from this song, and anybody who's heard it, seen them perform it live, or if you just you know sing it in the car or in the shower, it's like it's it's a song that's built to like get inside your feels, and it encourages the the the, the audience to sing along. It's got. I was just gonna say that it's got the crowd chorus. Yeah, like it's with love, we'll find a way. Like for sure. It's and 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 it, and it has that sort of like powerful reaffirming message that yeah like yeah your heart's been broken and things look like shit right now but you know love is gonna find the way and it just jeff Keith's voice he, he's he's the sort of like the agent of this he's the one because he, he just has like that really sort of distinct voice that can get really sort of like uh you know raw raspy and gritty but he could like he could maybe not so much anymore but he could hit some notes back then and uh the, the band were really you know crack uh you know sort of background singers too so this is just just a great song and, and as a power ballad it had a great title to it too just love song there you go uh so that that takes one off my list so i'm down to four well, and give I'm us gonna, another one then you start the next round i'm gonna i'm gonna give you dun 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 crocus screaming in the night great song Hold on, I, you might have cut out there. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I think he said Crocus screaming in the night. It's a really I'm not a huge Crocus fan, but I do love that song. Right, I'm gonna this bail is on Tesla, and I'm gonna. I'm the opposite. Crocus. I'm a huge it's Crocus fan. And I don't care for that. Really? Song oh, it's, it's a, just, eh. I I love the atmosphere it's with which it sort chorus. of builds. Yeah, and it it, it just it, it it builds and builds and it and it pays off, and it has like a really sort of. You haven't seen it in a while. It's off the Headhunter record. A really trippy sort of like sci-fi, futuristic, switcheroo, back to the future kind of video for it. Uh, it's uh, it's some it's some good stuff. Crocus is uh, obviously probably no one's favorite band, uh, but if you had to listen to one song just to kind of get a taste, uh, you know, screaming in the night. It just starts off with such like a haunting sort of. David's like giving the stink eye to it, the whole the whole stink face. You're gonna see plenty of that. See, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I struggle with it because Headhunter, great song. Matter of fact, Headhunter is a great album. Good album, yeah. I think Screaming Tonight just kind of I don't know. It's okay, but I, I just the energy of the rest of that album is really good. Oh yeah, I just can't believe that this would take up twenty percent of your list. Yeah, that's what I put on there. I, Are I, you just trying I, to be like the 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 rock gut raccoon of hey, this? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out some. I, hey, I didn't piss all over uh, 
some rando Halloween song. But, hey, by the way, this Halloween song is pretty good. It is good. Dude, that's a yeah. solo is amazing. <laughs> solo is so good. Dude. Right? Sounds like oh, a little no, let's talk more too. about Let's talk about Crocus. <laughs> I like we've Crocus al- a lot. We've already talked about the Crocus. Oh, good. Next, Colin. Colin Bosler. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me pause my Halloween here. Uh, oh, no. I remember this song. It's a bit plodding. <laughs> but anyhow... <laughs> Uh, my number four is "Don't Know What You Got Until It's Gone" by Cinderella. Uh, nice, okay. And you know I, what? That's I, and it's if quite we, good. And I had that it. in my honorable mention folder. I, what was I agree, it? Colin. What it's was, a great song. Thank you. What was when? What was amazing to me is Tom Kiefer. I don't think really has a great voice. I think he has a lot of energy. I just don't think he's he's really cut out for singing. But he's always, he's always. Well, he's always done his best, right? Like, Lemmy wasn't cut out for singing, but he did it anyway. And I think Tom Kiefer does the same thing. But what was it? When, I, when that came out, because remember, Gypsy Road and all that stuff was the bigger hit, um, right. first hit. But yeah. I really thought that when he sat behind that piano and he sang that, I thought he really did a nice job of singing. That was actually a good job. Did of you see singing. that tour? Uh, no, no. Like, that tour. I saw that much later. Tom Kiefer descended from the rafters on a white piano with fog coming down onto the do you remember that mike i like, it was in shoreline it was fucking oh. awesome like yeah like <laughs> i'm gonna have to go back and look at some videos i don't yeah. i don't doubt that happened but yeah he was yeah. it was like you know the the piano was suspended as he came down on a platform playing playing oh, this song nice. like probably yeah. like you know the the first encore or something like that but like really great that's 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 a bit much but that just that just shows like what a big hit that was for them. And again, yeah, it follows up the Gypsy Road, sort of like, eh, kind of okay lead single, but definitely with the, you don't know what you got until you, till it's gone. Yeah, what, what's the ballad on the first record? Night Songs? Uh, Is that the ballad? Nobody's no, Fool. Nobody's Fool. Yeah, I guess oh, yeah, nobody's Fool. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's Fool's a good song. I mean, really I'm, not a huge, I'm not a huge Cinderella fan, but both Nobody's Fool and... Uh, don't know what you guys it's not a really great song yeah. well, there, there should as, be a Cinderella songs, episode Go ahead, I didn't say that <laughs> I think there should be but I mean at, you know those are kind of textbook like from a songwriting standpoint they're really well written and well performed too I, I agree whole yeah well, way and, better and, than and, and, and I think well okay um, and I think somebody in, a, in an interview once asked him you know, it's like, do you have any regrets about your singing style on those first records where it was like really high pitch and really, you know, he would come to have like a lot of sort of like throat issues because he was just singing like really kind of like beyond his like natural register. Yeah. You should listen, have, you should have drank either more or less. Yeah. If you listen to his records now, his singing is just more sort of like baritone and smoother. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and much more enjoyable as a result instead of yeah but I didn't this wasn't my favorite ballad of, of Cinderella's it was I don't know maybe it got overplayed I like the yeah. first album more yeah I do too, yeah, too. I, as a, a whole, total effort I agree with, I agree with you but I thought that for the long cold winter I really thought there's some good tracks for sure yeah, I mean yeah. I think Mike, Michael hits a good point I mean it's really tough to gauge some of the songs in the late 80s into the 90s because of the rotation of these tunes. Like, there's bands that I don't like almost entirely because I get overexposed. 
Yeah. Or that one song just kind of burns you out. Where yeah. like, I, I was like that with with Nirvana's Nevermind for so long. Oh, like, I didn't I, buy I Nevermind just, I, because oh, it was dude. just fucking. It was. I mean, yeah. You couldn't escape it. Every like, hour uh, of every day. Yeah. 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 Over, I bought, over, I bought over, Nevermind over. probably like easily five years after it came out, like out of nostalgia. <laughs> and you never play it. Never play it. Like, yeah, I play like, it. Because, I, I have it. I, I never play I, it. No, but like, you know, I play it because I get I get like a hankering for the production more than the songs. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? the some of the tunes production. like they're just perfectly produced. Well, all yeah. right. So Colin gave us a second one that gets us to David's uh, fourth number four pick. All right. The next one uh, I'm going to take. I bet you this is on at least one list. The price. By Twisted Sister, not on my list, but great oh, song. Good song. Yeah, that one's that one's right up there from their 1984 release. So good. Stay hungry. It's such. I mean, again, this is this song is D like peeling it back. Um, you know, if you're there's probably somebody who's listening who's not familiar with this tune, but it God, I'm is, sort of it, pissed it, I didn't remember that. That song it is covers, fucking good. It it's on the dock. Dude. It covers all the bases for a power ballad. But the biggest one, I mean, D. Snyder is what, like eight feet tall? <laughs> Ugly as With hell. heels. With heels. Kicking ass, taking names, and he writes the price. And you're just like, damn. All right, you know so good, good. here's a question for you, David. What What is the song about? Getting a record deal? the price you gotta pay it's, it's the toll it takes on you to be yeah. in the music scene and the, and the, and the success train and, and the fan so it's a journey song. song yeah journey song. okay so it's a journey that's the way i always look at anyway was a, you know you gotta pay you gotta you gotta pay to do this you know it's a, and i haven't heard this in a while it's like production's great yeah. d sounds great the guitars I, are great on it too. It's just, it just—it just has like yeah. a, it's just a perfect song, nearly. But that, but I think the, the the thing that redeems it for me too is it's not a it's not a syrupy sweet love song. It's it's definitely a ballad. It's it definitely it's all those sort of like signatures. But it's not a boy bemoaning the loss of a girl sort of song. Um, it, it, it it is more of a a power empowering ballad. Yeah, I, I like. I'm a sucker for like the morning sound in the voice. Like, I I like Ozzy for that reason. I like that like songs that sound a little dirge-like, even when they're not a dirge. Um, but I think that this record, this you know, is so well done that it's almost to the detriment of the rest of of D. Snyder's career. Because when he puts that record out, what two years ago? That was like him with like a couple of different bands, like the D Snyder uh, or whatever. Like all hail metal or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, and it really just sounds like established bands with D Snyder sitting in. Like he doesn't fit with other bands as well as he fits with Twisted Sister. Like they yeah. don't blend the way that he does with you know everything about Twisted Sister is the sum of its parts and you know that's i guess great because they're well branded and well marketed and all that stuff but he kind of doesn't fit in anywhere else yeah no his his personality is too big you know and his 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 his, his, his songwriting style and 
uh, just just his delivery style is just so unique and has that it, you know for like the, the first the two albums that precede stay hungry uh, and then this one it's just like that's that's kind of like their their whole sort of like bar band hard rock sort of gig and then to like try to be you know one of these you know uh, post new metal bands and try to yeah. fit in with them it's like no you're not yeah no you're not, right that's, you're that's right. not your style it's like if if he were trying to if he, if d snyder was going to try to sing a judas priest song it'd be like stay in your lane dude it's just like yeah. no that's it's like when you're in college and you think you have a cool apartment and then like somebody you know shows up who's like six feet tall and you realize how small your place is <laughs> <laughs> like imagine d snyder walking into the room and you're like oh crap oh shit i live with bill we, bell baggins rpa rpa is not loud enough <laughs> <laughs> so he got hit by the ceiling fan <laughs> All right, so that then we move on to John's number four pick. My number four is "Don't Close Your Eyes" by Kicks. That was right. very close to my list. Very close. Yeah, there you I, go. I've talked about that song before and talked about Kicks before. I love Steve Whiteman's voice, okay. and uh, uh, this, this song is crafted. what's it called? "Don't Close Your Eyes." No, it's on "Blow Kicks. My Don't. Fuse." Um, How many records do they have? A lot bit, more than you would think. A lot more yeah. than you would expect, David. I think, um, I, think, I think at this point, this would have been like their fourth fourth record. Maybe so. I love Blow yeah. My Fuse. I love the whole record. Oh, that's, it's a strong it's effort. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that Don't Close Your Eyes is is really uh, one of the gems of that album. And, and of that time, I think it's a super strong ballad. It's well-written, but his voice soars and and the chorus when it builds behind him is just... Oh, the intro sounds like Don't Speak by No Doubt. <laughs> well, don't speak, yeah. don't close your eyes, monkey see, monkey don't see, monkey don't do. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a killer track. Uh, again, it kind of fits into the the subgenre of power ballads that have to do with please don't kill yourself yeah uh, of which the Ozzy and Lita Ford close my eyes forever is another one and of course yeah. uh, fade to black and there's there's bound to be others just uh, escaping our memories right now yeah uh, it's actually a, a, just a side this is written by Bob Halligan Jr. I was going to mention oh, that oh is that yeah. Bob? who wrote uh, who wrote for Judas Priest he wrote some heads are going to roll and he also wrote some he, Kiss he songs with Kicks too. A lot, he, and he wrote, wrote some songs for Kiss too. On yeah, the, on, on Hot in the Shade, he yeah. wrote Rise to It and uh, yeah. Read My it, Body. Most 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 famous, I think uh, he wrote uh, some Heads oh, Are Gonna Roll. I've yeah. heard this song. Yeah. This is a pretty famous song. I, mean, I love Read My Body. By the way, it's a good Kiss tune. It is. Oh. Good. I like Rise to It also. Oh, like, that's a good song. I yeah. get you up, man. I get you pumped. <laughs> <laughs> the accelerator goes down when you're gonna rise to it. <laughs> I just heard "Let's Put the X in Sex" the other day, and I was like, oh, "We talked about this." Didn't they make a video for that? Yeah, they did. Uh, for a sure, bunch yeah. of nurses. <laughs> yeah, they made, they, they made a video for "Don't Close Your Eyes," as well as uh, yeah. "Blow My Fuse" and "Cold Blood." Yeah, they were they were whole album. Yeah, awesome. it, it I had, saw a video that they did, and it looks like it looks like the video from some movie or tv show I'm trying to remember what it was i mean i i would imagine they landed on some soundtracks now and again in the yeah. 80s they were on atlantic and yeah, i this... think uh 
you know, after a while, Atlantic What's was trying to sort of muscle like their acts into shooting. anything they could. What's the movie with the metal band shooting a video, but the singer for the band was like an actor? Yeah. Uh, Runaway? Starring Gon Simones? Uh, uh, singles with uh, Matt uh, Damon? It'll come to Pee-wee's no Big Matt Adventure Dillon? with Decider? Uh... <laughs> Doing Burn in Hell, which is a great track. Yeah, which so I was going to awesome. say, which is a fantastic. When yeah, they put so that in that good. movie, I was like, thank God hell. they picked the best tune yeah, on that album. so good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Michael's number four. Well, no, this would be Mike's number three because. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I already got one, one of my tickets. So I'm going to pull out. Careful. It's going to be somebody nobody's ever heard of. Wasp sleeping ah, in shit. the fire. Oh, you have that one, David. That was the first one. That was the first oh, one. I, I, nice. Wow. I figured it that is, would be on everybody's list. It's it's such uh, considering all the other material that's on their debut, it's like a really sort of like unsuspected sort of song where you know you go from like on your knees, love machine, I want to be somebody, all really sort of like high energy, fifth gear just kind of revving away and then you get this this it, it's a ballad it, but it's not like a love song either it's it, there's something really kind of dark and, and mysterious about it and what the hell is it about sleeping in the fire and why in the fire is in parentheses it's just all part of its genius um, it was also the third single but i don't remember i don't remember a single there 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 i, I want to say there was a video for this but it was like one I've only seen in the past couple years. Uh, but uh, again, like a really sort of like uh, entrancing song, no pun intended on uh, Colin's pick there. Uh, and it just, it, it really kind of like st- still sticks with me. It's like whatever I hear, it just like has a really kind of haunting power to it. Uh, I think the, the, the fire images and the references uh, uh, to Lucifer, which are, uh, you know, the earliest matches were called Lucifer matches, which is what he's talking about there. But you can also talk about the Prince of Darkness. Uh, but, but David, this was on your list. Why so? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a great song. It checks, like I said, it checks all the boxes. It, if people don't know this song, they're missing out. But I mean, one of the things that I think is, is just hypnotic about this song is that among all of the like baseball bat to the face kick killers on this record this is the one that it's like it's almost like an invitation to the ritual that is lost you don't you know where we're like motley crew doing home sweet home is a roll of the dice this is wasp like inviting you in and if you turn that down dude you're dead you're dead to them you know like they don't give a crap if you like this stuff but like this is it and I think that it's it's the it maintains the intensity of the record without any gamble of selling out. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what Blackie does very masterfully. He does it in, in future records as well. There's nothing about this song that would give you an opportunity to question their their intensity. And I think that that's. I mean, any band would be happy to be able to maintain that because, you know, as we talked about at the beginning of this, a lot of these ballads are, are viewed as like audience grabbing sellout tunes. And this is absolutely not that. This is, this is them being honest. And I think it's very well done. Yeah. 
and, and, I, and I think yeah, just to, to re-emphasize your point there, like Blackie can write great songs. And he does it so consistently, uh, and he and he can really do the sort of like uh, the sort of like slow, morbid kind of like slow burn, what we would call a power ballad, even when it's not about about love per se. But uh, you, there's a great YouTube channel that has like four hours of wasp ballads and it's just like okay it's 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 pretty i only, I only wish that the solo on this song was better uh okay but the harmonies uh, are great the lyrics are great yeah, yeah it's good it, 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 i like the, i like the really kind of plain and plodding drums it's really just four on the floor yeah there's yeah i think yeah there's again this is like a song like if you were going to redo it you could strip it down even further, take out so much of the, the, the kind of bad uh, solo and I the drums saw, I, even. I found a cover of this. It was a woman singing. Mm -hmm. If yeah. you search for it, you find one that's not the one I'm looking for. It's, it's also good. I saw a woman did a cover of this a number of years ago. And, and for the life of me, I cannot find this version. Mm. Um, Famous it, woman? What's Melissa like Melissa, Melissa Van Fleet? No, like I went looking for it one day when we were talking about Wasp and could not find it anywhere. So I don't know if I was just like, I don't know what I was doing when I found this video, but I found this really killer woman singing it. Yeah, this, this and it might was, be it. There's, no, it's like a woman playing it on harp or something and singing. It's not that. Is that it, the piano one? I don't think so. When I went looking for it, the one that was everywhere was not the one. But anyway, it's a great song. I mean, you'd have to have like big King Kong balls to pull this off as a cover. Um, yeah, but in, in and, same... and honest, I'm going to say it would take a woman to pull this off really well because I don't think a guy could do it. I think a guy would need a band. It's intense. It's an intense tune. It, it it is, and it's again when when you hear Blackie sing, there's there's always just something about his voice. And I know he kind of like, you know, double records his voice to get that that particular chilling, howling effect that he has. But uh, it's it's some it's some good shit here. Um, yeah. There we go. Sleep it in the fire. Wake up, bitches. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that was that was my I mean, choice. It totally so makes up for Crocus and Kicks. <laughs> okay, uh, go, so we're, I think we're, we're, we're back to the top with you, David. So don't speak too soon. Oh, isn't it Colin? Uh, I'm I, at the end of the list, actually. Okay. Then I'll so back, Colin, back to the, Colin's next. Yeah. Back to the All top. Right. Well, because glam metal, I think, owns the, the power ballad world, it's time to go to the Mount Rushmore of glam metal to get my top picks. Well, number three, well, I, you know, out of the four on my Mount Rushmore, I did not give poison props for every rose has its thorn. I just didn't think it was power ballady enough. So the other three, though, they get a nod. First, I'm going to start just, with bringing, just, just just pick one of them. I am bringing Don't on the heart. Well, I'm not okay. bringing on the bringing on the heartbreak by Def Leppard. Awesome. All right. A song so good they released it twice. That's right. I, I'll, I'll tell you that was almost on my list as an honorable mention. I'm not a Def Leppard fan, but that's a great song. But we were in the car today, and they were playing a live version from 
I don't know, last year or the year before, and it was so awful. It was so bad compared to like what it sounds like when they recorded it. Like it was, it was really. Uh, we actually, I think, switched over to the album version <laughs> when it was playing yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's such a good song, but it was not uh, didn't yeah. hold up the way it well, should have. It, and again, was it Joe's voice? It wasn't yes. able to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's always. And again, that's you know, he's been doing it for forty plus years, so it's gonna. Yeah, he's not gonna be able to hit. I, those I think High and Dry as an album gets overlooked. Oh, or overshadowed so. by pyromania and hysteria. It's so but it's good, so though. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And let's, let's go back to the doc there, and you can see that yeah, it was originally released off of High and Dry. It was like the second or third single, um, and then of course they just just so greedy, so greedy. They like <laughs> have like all those all those great all those great hits off of. Uh, Pyromania, and then when they went to re-release it, they're like, "Hey, kids, we're also gonna re-release this video uh, for the song that you might not have heard." And now, it, I think, did they just release it as a single, or did it get re-released on the album too? You, you on the CD, you can get both versions. You can get the original, mm. and then you can get the remastered version when they when they started to have some focus on high and dry. But not, but it was it was never in, re-included on Pyromania. It was a way to get people to go back and buy Correct. high and dry. Correct. Yep, that's right. Okay, try to remember that correctly. All right, that and I, that's again we talked about it when we did the. Uh, the listening party for uh, you know Pyromania. It's like that's that song wasn't on it, but dudes can do some great power ballads. Yeah, no argument whatsoever. It's great. Yeah. So go from Colin to John. John, you got some more Def Leppard picks? Uh, I do not. Ah, uh, Love Bites. I no. Uh, Real. Yeah, the only the only ballad I like on Hysteria is Hysteria. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. I think that's a good song. The other ones, I don't know. Mysterio's got some questionable shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, um, it's, speaking of questionable shit, for uh, for Mr. David Timoney, my number three is Dawkins Alone Again. Ding, 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 ding. That's that's on my list too, bitch. Yep. Yeah. Um, because it should be. <laughs> uh, yeah. Alone Again is great. It's on To The Nail. Uh... No, the the order of singles on that record. Um, that's, that was, that's the only one I remember. It was honestly. the third. It, it was actually the third one. Really? Oh, here we go. I'm looking at it. Into the fire, just got lucky, and then alone again. Um, alone again is a song that, in terms of metal ballads, I think is up there on a lot of people's list. Um, yeah, and I, I think you, you likewise look at its early date too of '84. Um, Tooth and Nail might have just gone by the wayside had it not been for for Alone Again. Maybe. And, uh, you know, Don Don gets his fair share of, of bullshit on this show, but Dawkins' sound lends itself to this type of ballad. Like, uh, you know, they are definitely in that in that melodic hard rock yeah, for sure, metal. For sure. And, uh, and, you know, back in these albums, Don's voice was fucking great. Like it, it, it's another one that went south fast. 
Yeah, yeah. So we are, here we here we go with Jeff Keith, uh, Joe Elliott, and yeah, yeah, Don Dawkins. I think Don painted himself into a box. That Tom Kiefer. So many of the notes are high on the early Dawkins records that like you see them now. I mean, I saw they just played a show like during COVID like a week ago, wow. and it was a fucking disaster. They, like they anyone. Uh, no, terrible. not that either. Like anyone who's risking their life to see this version of Dawkins. Can you imagine um, you're dying? Oof. And they're like, Don like, how did Dawkins. this happen to you? And it's like, well, I went to see Don Dawkins stumble through alone again, three octaves lower than it was recorded at. And it's like, well, I hope you enjoyed your time. You kind of deserve to die. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Who produced these? This record is so poorly produced. I'm gonna say no, this record actually. is Michael Michael Wagner. It's like was, really, it's, there, there's like a or, famous or, 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 bad brain song that the story, the the mythology is that like the the vocals were recorded on a phone from jail. And this I, was Tom Worman. And that's what this that's record right. is. Yeah, he, he, they they switched. They had him switch producers. They wanted to do Michael Wagner, who had done their previous record, Breaking the Chain. Breaking the Chain. Uh, yeah, but they were kind of disappointed with, with his he, he work. Did a lot like, of hard rock acts at the time. Did Crew, Twisted Sister, Striper, yeah, yeah. Kicks, LA Guns. This sounds like they recorded all of the music and then like changed producers before they did the vocals. He doesn't even sound like he's in the same room as him. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a good chance that that's Likely the case. not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I like the song because it, 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 it kind of you know, checks all those boxes. It starts off slow with a little kind of like tinkling acoustic and then all it the builds up. in high school love cool. the song and the dudes who look like chicks in school love <laughs> Yep, so true, so true. And that's that became kind of like their calling card. It's like, can we do more sort of like down-tempo songs, some ballads? And yeah, so they got, they got a lot softer as they went along, but uh, they could still rev up some good hard rock songs. But yeah. This was, uh, I remember one of those, this was in 84, listening to uh, the FM syndicated program, Metal Shop, number one metal of the week, Alone Again by Dawkins. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know, I, I, like, where's Judas Priest? Where's Motley Crue? Like, this? But that was the time that things things had switched. And yep. This, this was the single that was out, and it was it was big for for the Dawkin, and uh, it was on two of two of us had it on our list. So, you know, got to say something about it. Um, so let's see what remains on my list. I'm going to throw a curveball in here, and I'm going to throw in uh, because it's a because we're doing power ballads. This is a song called "The Ballad" by Testament. What? <laughs> Do you guys remember Testament's single and video called The Ballad off of Practice What You Preach? Mm, oh, my. I don't think I do. Oh, yeah. It was. But I'm happy to listen to it right now. It was. Well, <laughs> it, it, it is. Uh, it is soul stirring. Uh, Billy, uh, you know, Chuck Billy has uh, Chuck has, Billy. has has a way of uh, bringing in some raw emotions and singing about how his heart feels like a needle that's been lost in the hay. Chuck, got some feels in there. And then it roars. So, yeah, it just jumped to the part where it roars. See, yeah. it's fucking long. Oh, it's epic. It's it's six epic. minutes, yeah. Mm -hmm. What's well, yeah, the it, guitar intro that's ooh. probably going to push it to that length? 
Yeah, but but you can you can kind of see them just kind of dicking around with like, what are we gonna call this song here? Uh, let's call it the ballad because that's yeah, what it is. They're like on stage a bunch of times. Oh, do the ballad. Do the ballad. Do What's the, it called? The ba- <laughs> it's called the ballad. You don't want to call it like, my heart is like a needle lost in a stack of hay. But uh, no, I I stack of I, arms. I, I I love this song for you know for its uh, its boldness. Uh, but I guess you could certainly look back on it and see it's kind of like eh, it's pretty calculated. There are a lot of there were a lot uh, there were a lot of hard metal bands, uh, you know, the, the sort of thrash metal bands who would throw in like that that sort of like darker, slower, kind of like more meditative song. It wasn't about love. It's not about chicks. It's not about emotions. It's about some sort of like dark and gloomy sort of like subject matter. Metallica does this best with like. Uh, uh, Welcome home, sanitarium. One, we already talked about fade to black, and you know there are plenty of other thrash metal bands who could do this. What's what's the Dave Mustaine one? That's called uh, Megadeth. Told them all. There's that, and then there's the what's the what's the one that also appears on uh, God? It's on so far so good. So what? It's called In My Darkest Hour. Hmm. But uh, I remembered it. Mm-hmm. So they they could they could get some emotions into their songs, but it's got to speed up and like really roar toward the end. But uh, I don't think anyone else had that one on their list. So no, sir. Mm-mm. Cool. All right, then we go back to the top of the list for Mr. Bosla. Wait, did we skip Dave? We did. Huh? Oh, yeah. Don't then, skip. Well, Dave. We doubled up on sleeping in the fire, so I can catch back up this round. All right. So go to Colin. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also off of Mount Rushmore, Motley Cruz, Home Sweet Home. We talked wow. about it earlier. I think that has okay. to be up there. I, it's hard. It's hard to beat that song from an '80s ballad perspective. Not many could pull that off. Okay. Okay. That's that's a good one. And you know they would they would try to like uh, do that over again. I don't know. Do you remember the, any of the other ballads that they did without uh, you? Yeah, with, which I think is good. It's got okay. its moments. On Dr. It has Field a nice build. Yeah, but is there, it's not. Is there one on Girls, Girls, Girls? There kind of is. It's that wow. really. It's, it's called that Girls, Girls, Girls. Nona. <laughs> no, it's not Nona. It's All I Need. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's also a very good one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Nona's so, just like a minute and a half or something. You would think that a singer in a cover band would be able to do ballads like that. But 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 John and I will remember what all of, all I need is about. It was the, it became the film Rubber's Edge. Oh yeah, that's about a guy who kills his girlfriend and keeps her oh, body God, around. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> so uh, it's an unconventional sort of love song, but it's a uh, you know different kind of love, I guess. Well, maybe loving somebody means keeping them close, and that's they right. don't run away. If, if, run you, away. if you love somebody, don't let them live. That's right. Yikes! Nicky Six. Wow. He said he said he played that for his girlfriend, and she was not impressed. <laughs> well, hmm. then they did heroin. Yeah. Well. So so Collins knocked out the, the the sort of expected one there with uh, Home Sweet Home. So David surprised us with something obscure and weird. Uh, you know what? Since you busted out that Krogus. Which uh-huh. is that like old head, nearly almost not metal age metal, right? Old stuff. 
So good, though. And so good. since you pulled Sleeping in the Fire off of my list, I'm going to pull a backup. I'm going to pull somebody from the from the, the dugout here. My Oh My by Slade. Dude, what a great song. What a great What a great, song, what a great band. They're just okay. a fun band. Oh, yeah. That's My, a good oh, call, man. Thank you, sir. That was probably in the United States. Keep your hands off my power That's supply. That's right. Yep. Was probably the only record most Americans ever heard of and or bought by Slate. Now oh, some yeah. folks some folks might have gone back, right? Because like I run, did. run I away. Dove, dove yeah, run it. run away. My oh my. There was another single off that record that I don't remember. I'm listening to it on the amazing kamikaze syndrome. Yeah. Is that a compilation? Must be. I don't know. But the, um, I think they had three singles off that record, and with the with the, you know, with Quiet Riot coming out, having recorded, I think one or two of their songs, they had like a little splash of love in the '80s, and this is a song that, in my old age, like I put on and I'm like, man, this is a good song. Yeah, it's it got is. like a nice kick to it. They're very good musicians. And it's, um, you know, it's probably among those, like, timeless hard rock tunes. And uh, since we're pulling some things back from the, uh, yeah, from the closet classics, I'm going with My Oh My by Slade. I couldn't, I couldn't say I'd ever heard that before. Really? Me either. It's really? good, though. Oh, good song. Such a, such no, I, 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 know that, I know that record because that was the, the Run Runaway mm-hmm. song right. that was on there. And people, like you said, people were only kind of getting into them. Uh, because like, oh, this is the band that Fight Riot has made all their money off of. Uh, they, yeah. And then like yeah. people heard their song. They heard Run Runaway, right? And then they go and they see the video. And the dude's got like a mullet and a bowl cut. And they were, the they were wearing, like a plaid suit. They were some wacky attired dudes. Freaking yeah. naughty holder. Whatever the heck those other dudes were doing. But it, it, it's been said before, but it's worth saying again. Biggest selling uh, band, singles wise, in the UK during the 70s. Slade. What is their other. And that's the thing about them. By the time they got to the States, those guys were older. They had been oh, around for oh, a yeah, long yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. they, My, they yeah. were. <laughs> by the time they, they went with Little Love over here, <laughs> they were like a decade into it. Yeah, yeah. they were, well, they was, were not. That was a lot of those bands. Uh, you know, we, we had talked about this kind of at length. You know. <laughs> These are those bands who, like, they're going on tour with, with dudes who are, like, half their age. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's like when the kinks show up and they're doing the the, yeah. the, 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 the the Come Dance With Me song. I'm like, is this a new band? I don't I don't care for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's what? They, 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 nothing like David Bowie, that other new act that just came out. But... <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, that record made it to, to number three in, on the US Billboard Rock Out. It was huge. 85, 86, or what? 84. Okay. Oh, that no, was it was certified month. gold in 84. Okay. Okay. Number, oh, well, then that, that gold means they sold like 500 copies, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little different metric there. All right. Well, we're not gonna. We've got David with a with a Slade pick. Whoa. Mm-hmm. All right. I was gonna. I was expecting maybe some Kansas dust in the wind or some shit. But uh, yeah, dude. All right. Well, uh, then we're on to John's uh, John's pick. 
My number two is Still Loving You by the Scorpions. By Scorpions, rather. Uh, and specifically the version that's on Worldwide Live. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I think is so great. And when it gets into that lone guitar solo after the intro and you hear it just echoing around the stadium, it's, it's really great. Um, you know, we spoke about it with Colin's pick. Here's, here's a band that was effortlessly doing ballads for two decades. And uh, whereas, whereas some of them I don't think land so well, things like Winds of Change, I, I don't like. This I love. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's again, it's such a classic, such a like a really powerfully heartfelt song. Uh, time, I think it's time to win back your love again. It's like, just, yeah. it just, it just, and, and it, when it makes the turn, I mean, it's a long song, it's almost six minutes, also, but when it makes that turn and the whole band is in mm-hmm. and Klaus is on top of them, it's so great. I, it's really. Yeah, no, it's again it, 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 so many great vocal performances by Klaus, um, and that that's uh, that's just another one there. But uh, let's see. So it's back to me, isn't it? It is. What are we at? Like four, five? This will be your second to last pick. This is number two. Okay, let's see what I got here. Uh, someone's already picked some Halloween. Let's see here. Oh, you don't get to change your list. Oh, <laughs> you well. Same... I, no, 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 no. I, 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 I'm not going to lie. You kind of do get I to change your list a little bit. What? I, I've got my notes here. See? Okay. You know. Um, do, 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 God damn it. I wanted to pick at least one song by Y&T, which I'll do. I'll pick uh, Winds of Change, or maybe it's just one wind off of the Black Taiga record, the final track, which is something that they, they end up kind of doing on the next album. Uh, no, on Mean Streak, no they don't. Uh, but definitely do on uh, In Rock We Trust with uh, this time. They, Y&T- Surprise, because- Surprise you didn't go forever. Forever is like it's such a, it, but that's that's a power ballad. That's like not a power ballad. That's like that's a, what we're talking about. No? Yeah, hello. It's, that's that's <laughs> Mike for, was on for, another episode, right? Forever now. is like a rock rock song. It starts out in, in it starts in, off in, a little yeah. slow, but it ultimately gets uh, you know really revved up, just like yeah. re, just like Rescue Me does. But uh, Winds of Change, I, I again remember you know as a kid. Uh, 11, 12 years old when I first listened to, to Y&T and then when, once I got the cassettes and the CDs, you go back and you listen to the deep cuts a little bit Yeah, closer. Winds of Change is much more of a ballad. Yeah, and it's Good not song. it's not necessarily, it's not a love song either, it's more sort of like a philosophical meditation it's, it's you know, it's the sort of thing that you can find pretty powerful if you're sort of like a, a semi-literate dirtbag back in the you know the early 80s and, and, and again, y- Y&T as a band that, that hails from the 70s you know they didn't distinguish between like you know rock songs or slow songs or, or jams like you know uh, midnight in tokyo they, they they can they can hit on a lot of different uh you know uh, a, lot, a lot of different categories so i wanted to get another one in there from uh, from y&t so there's there's that one boom i'm not listening you don't have to <laughs> i'll listen to it for you listen it's, to it twice it's great 
So back to the top of the list with Colin Bosler. With the greatest one ever off the Mount Rushmore, White Snakes. Here I go again. Ultimate power ballad, number one ever. That it's you. You can't be in twenty commercials without being the best song ever in terms of ballads. Okay. Okay. Uh, thoughts on that? Th- th- thoughts on that one? I, I, I guess I wouldn't have considered that one a ballad, but it does kind of. It seems more like a rocker, but especially if you're comparing it to like the ballad "Is This Love." But I could see where you're coming from. Nah, it's ballad. I mean, especially the first minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna fight with you over whether it's a power ballad, but I always saw this tune as a rocker with like a trick beginning more than a ballad with a kick in but i i, I, I see could hear I'm, that i'm not gonna argue yeah well and, and again that's that's a coverdale sort of like classic you know whether it's uh love ain't no stranger uh here i go again it's, it starts off slow and moody and then it just kind of like boom starts rocking Dude, all i know is that in 1987 i was 15 years old yeah. And when Tawny Katane is sitting in the, is driving in the Jaguar with him and she looks at the camera and sings along, I'm just like, dude. <laughs> Something's happening. Something's happening. <laughs> I feel kind of funny. <laughs> Thank you, Tawny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. then, then you got to feel for like Chuck Finley, who was driving with her in a car one day too. She beat his ass down. <laughs> who? You remember? You, you remember that story? Chuck Finley, the, the trumpet player, the baseball uh, player. Everything went blank. All right. So there's my number Hello. one. That's his number that, one. That was David? your number one. I thought that was your number two. No, number no. two was Home Sweet Home. I'm back. All right, Hi, Michael. Yeah, um, everything froze up on me because I unplugged for a little bit. Uh, okay. Colin, yeah. Colin spoke to we White Snake for us. I got that. Did you guys get my bit about Chuck Finley? We yeah, did. We did. Yeah, yeah. Nobody knew who it was. I don't like baseball. It was, it, was a, it was a picture for the Angels, and uh, uh, he had like a little fisticuffs with, with Tawny, and she stabbed him in the eye with her stiletto heel. Ooh, there you wow. go. Watch out, Yep. Good Merry Christmas. <laughs> So David, you give us you give is us this your our last song. Here I go again. Yeah. Come on. You, I mean, yeah. I'm sure we got a handful we can keep I, I, talking about. I did about, get but... skipped because I got two left. Well, okay. right. let's hear that shit. Unload it. Double barrel. Fine, fine. <laughs> All right. So one is obscure-ish, and the other is I can't believe you didn't see this coming. So which one do you want? Obscure-ish, please. Um, obscure-ish. The Ballad of Dwight Fry oh, by Alice oh, Cooper. Okay. Wow. It has ballad right there in the title. It does. does have ballad right in the title. It does have um, it does have the creepy girl talking at the beginning. <laughs> Mommy, where's Daddy? <laughs> it's been gone for so long. Which um, album is that? That's on Love It to Death. Really, really great song. Um, it might be. I mean, it's a really, it's a great record. But honestly, for me. It's the best song on the record. Yeah, um, man, this album will be 50 years old next year. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to know that. But that's got 18 on it. Um, yeah. The, the the Ballad of Dwight Fry is the third. And like he always puts these triptychs in his records. And if you listen to Hallowed Be My Name, 
second coming and ballad of Dwight Fry, like in a row, it makes perfect sense. They lead into each other and the narrative at the beginning of the ballad of Dwight Fry is actually the end of second coming. And second mm. coming is a super sleeper tune on that record. So if you want to do yourself a favor, listen at least to second coming and ballad of Dwight Fry is one song. Uh, but no, I mean, as I said, as you know, as my picks do, they check all the boxes for uh, the power ballad, but you know, it's gonna be 50 years old this year. So um, it's a throwback. It's a prototype of the power ballad. Really, uh, Alice Cooper has always been kind of avant-garde, very revealing of his mindset, thinking and playing throughout. So I think that it's, uh, it's a really nice one. The super obvious one that I can't believe nobody mentioned is uh, I Still Love You by Kiss from Creatures of the Night. Um, okay. Has one yep, of my yep. favorite guitar solos on yeah, it. Yeah. Um, for sure. Really, really good killer. Like, it's one of those classic, like, wide open songs. Lots of room for the guitar, lots of room for the singer. And it's one of those tunes that, like, regardless of your opinion of Kiss, I think this song works. I think that you can put this song on as somebody, not necessarily somebody who hates Kiss, but maybe somebody who's a little lukewarm about Kiss. And this is a good song. Um, Check it out here. He nails it. I mean, he just this is it's up there with like I'm uh, with still loving you, where where like Paul nails the song, the guitar player nails the song, and everybody else stays the hell out of the way. Is it is it on the Animalize video that Paul does this? He's got the shattered mirror. Yep. Guitar yep, he does. and like yeah. so yeah. fucking good. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's what's this song called again? I'm trying to look it up. I still, I still love, love you. you. I've, I keep getting scorpions here, so it's right after I yeah. love it loud. Yeah, on, on creatures of the night, and we do love it loud. We do love it loud. We love it loud. We also I... still love it loud. I mean, still love you. And the live version of this that was on MTV and like heavy rotation. That That's concert. the one I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it's from Animal where he like concert. freaks out. Yeah, <laughs> super cool. In the middle of the song, he's like, I still <laughs> like, does a weird dance. Good tune. Yeah, I'm, the middle of this song is great. Oh, yeah. Eric Carr? Dude, Eric Carr. Awesome. <laughs> it's real, like the intense portion. Everything drops the hell out, and the guitar solo hits. Really good tune. Yeah, the drums, man. Right? It's so good. I think there's a live version of this that might be better than the the record, but but the record is pretty good. Yeah, I I, I love the hell out of that song. And again, I I think maybe the first time I saw it was on that that uh, that live video <laughs> that they put out. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a sort of like classic standard kind of like power ballad feel, but it's again that for me that's like one of paul's you know top performances yeah i mean and it's really i mean despite the fact that kiss can be lovey-dovey and cheesy and stuff this is really not kind of the typical kiss power battle this you know i think this record saved them when they were going through a lot of stuff that people didn't didn't agree with between this and i love it loud oh that whole that whole record just murders well, I, I think if you heard I Love It Loud and liked it, and if you heard, like, say, this tune and liked it, 
you've probably spent the time to get into like War Machine and some other things. But oh, like, for sure. War Machine. Well, that's a good tune. Um, but they, they yeah, I mean, this was the lot. first like really straightforward Kiss record in a long time. Right? Oh, coming off that other stuff we were just talking about, you know, last week. Shit. Yeah, I mean, like, Elder. Dynasty Killers, Elder Unmasked. Dynasty Unmasked. You're like, holy hell. This is like Kiss again. But they this is Kiss with the upgrade. And I mean, I didn't want to go more than 10 days without talking about Kiss. That's also a long song. Six minutes. Yeah. It hurts. That's right. If I was sweaty, it could go slow. Have you gone wow. back and listened to Paul's solo record from 78 in a while? Yeah, I listen that's, to the solo records. I don't want to say good. once a year, but with a fair amount of regularity. It's got like so many great songs on it. It's that's that's my favorite. You know, I, I know everybody picks Ace because it, it's like I think Ace is, Ace is the rockin' record. So yeah. like Paul, you can you can hear a lot of rock and roll over on Paul's solo record. Yeah, I think there's there's some like really much better material on here than you're going to see on a lot of their stuff There's, you know some of the stuff like on the on the studio albums just straight up cheesy but uh it's some good stuff like tonight you belong to me the album closer goodbye uh move on just it's a, just a good good rock and roll record uh agreed all right so we got a kiss song in there finally so everybody drink um, All right, let's see what else we got here going down the list to John. It says this this could be your final. This is your number one pick, right, John? Number one pick. I remember you, Skid Row. <laughs> ah, nice. And I think I called that out as my favorite ballad when we did the listening party for that record. But I love the power build in that song. And I think Sebastian sounds great uh, on that track. It was huge for them um, at the time. I was wondering if this was going to come up. I saw it on some, just, just to see where I was in my picks. I Googled like metal power ballads or whatever. Oh, yeah. Crap. And this song was on there and I'm like, I wonder if he's got room for it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I in it. fact, I almost put, uh, and I threw it like in the sort of honorable mention folder because I didn't want to take two slots, but I love Wasted Time also on Slave to the Grind. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that, that's, that's a good one too. What's, you know, there's another one that's that's good on that record too, the Quicksand Jesus. Yep. Yeah. I yep. think it's a super good, uh, Slave to the Grind is a great record. Oh, mm -hmm. for sure. The entire thing is great, but uh, as far as ballads, Wasted Time is super good. Yeah, no, they they could they could definitely write a really they they could write some great songs. We we looked at their first record and it has some cheese balls in there, but uh, when they get it when they get it right, they they hit it out of the park. So yeah, so they go one, Youth Gone Wild, two, Eighteen in Life, kind of ballady. It but, is, uh, yeah. It's, it's the ballad of Ricky. Ricky was a young yeah, man. That was going to be my honorable with mention. the heart of stone. Uh, but I remember you was like it's it's a. It's a little sweet and syrupy, but I think it, 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 it does it does it really well. There's some great, great evocative lines in there. Got a good solo in the middle of it. Yeah, we spent the summer with the top rolled down. It's like, yep, I remember that. But uh, de definitely some, some good stuff in there. Um, 
I need a keepsake. Really, it, it hits hits it in all the right spots. Um, I, th that's me, then, right? That's it. It is. All right, so I'm going to throw in an obscure one here, uh, because all ballads are not the same. Oh no! I, I'm going to throw in the Iron Maiden little ditty called "Remember Tomorrow," as sung by everyone's favorite Iron Maiden vocalist, Paul Diano. Oh. Yeah. Who? Paul Diano. Remember oh, him? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this little little tune off their off their first record. Uh, it's it's you know again one of those sort of like uh, songs that when you get uh, attached to the record it kind of always uh, kind of stands out for you. It's it, it's kind of a uh, moody, a little creepy. Uh, Paul Diano can kind of carry a tune there. I, I put it in there because uh, again I want to throw in some uh, some unusual picks. But uh, we, we can still discuss so many of the other what's, songs wait, that we. What's it called? It's called "Remember Tomorrow." I am literally like a little nervous. I know I'm going to hate this. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> Why I don't you like be it. nervous. Yeah, I, it's. I don't like Paul Diano in general. But I'm, Paul, I'm, I'm moving away from "Tonight You Belong to Me." Listen <laughs> so to this. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. But. Yeah, but other, I mean, there's Maiden does a ballad every once in a while. Blood really? Brothers. Uh, okay. Maiden. Yeah, I don't know, but I like wasting love. Uh, yeah. See, I, again, you're getting into albums that I maybe I haven't spent enough time with. I spent yeah, a wasting lot of loves on Fear of the Dark. Oh, Michael, you are not DJing my 25th year anniversary. <laughs> ah, damn! I was totally counting on that. Nobody had. We Queen's... could have a happy couple come to the center for their slow dance. Nobody had Queensryche Silent Lucidity. Dude, no, it, it, it no, actually... I don't like that one. Me it didn't cross my mind. I almost put it in for a spite pick just to make all of you mad. No, no, I, I, I do not like that song. I like I, the song. I just, I don't know. It doesn't make my top interest list. Yeah, it's a nice song. It's, yeah, I don't know. I think when I first heard it. And again, seemingly every time I hear it, it's like, oh, this is uh, Pink Floyd's Comfortably Numb, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What the hell, dude? And plus, they, coming off Mind Crime and then yeah. leading into Empire, I, I think the first single on Empire wasn't great either. Yeah. Uh, and then Silent City came out, and I, it's, I just find it boring. Like, it's really tame and. Yeah, no, it's, it's not I, that good. Like, it, yeah. It is. It is a, the, the record, but was it was huge story. for them. I oh, mean, sure, that, yeah. that was on MTV around the clock. It was. Oh no! That's uh, and again that that proves the point. I think too that you could put out a really shit album, but if you got <laughs> but if you got a if you got a ballad on there, it's gonna get into MTV's uh, rotation. Like uh, there's some other ones here, like Faster Pussycat. Like hey, shit! House of guys, Pain. House of Pain. They got yeah. a lot of airplay and they got a lot of MTV uh, play on that too. Yeah, a, a Ballad of Jane, dude. I think it's a great. Thing. I had Ballad I, of Jane in my honorable as well. I can't so stand. Good. I can't stand the band. 
That's really? a great freaking I, song. I think LA Guns has some great songs. Oh, there's yeah. that whole, but that's like, that's Dude, a Never whole, Enough is a great song. There's like a Sex whole Action, Never Enough. Bands, like, one More like, Reason. Yeah, I think out. they've got some great shit. Nah, man, Sorry, all, David. All the bands that come in that crowd of like LA Guns, Guns N' Roses, this, that, like, yeah, but they were they they were they were kind of fans. around. Tracy Guns was around, and he emerged. You know, seemingly. I get the, it. No, I mean I get that people those like first it. First two albums, the self title and Cocked and Loaded, I think are yeah awesome. Hollywood Vampires is pretty good. And Mike Mike spoke about they just put one out. What last year, Mike? Two a years couple, ago. A, a couple they years gonna, ago. They were gonna. They sent us a link to like their new record if we reviewed it. And I was listening. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, but yeah, the the devil you know is like a fucking monster, and they played a lot of the new stuff, which as we all know, it's like playing the new stuff when all people want to hear is the old classics. Like they, it, it was kind of seamless. They they really kind of like uh, have like recaptured some of the magic. Uh, but you have to like LA Guns. You're going to go way back with the yeah, LA Guns. They, they never. The, the guy who played bass in my band in high school was really into LA Guns. Like really into it. He liked the, all the records, you know. And I just couldn't get into it. Um, this song I remember hearing and liked it. Bless you, John. Yeah, but no, uh, it, it definitely got a lot of airplay. And uh, right, that's that's the song that's going to like stick in people's memories. And it's the song at the show that people are going to like flick their bigs, you know, or they're going to go for a beer or a piss. <laughs> yeah, I'm listening to a live album they put out last year, too. I, they sound good. Yeah, no, and, and again, to see Phil and Tracy on the stage Phil, together. Phil Lewis is a hell of a singer still. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he, yeah. he could still bring it. And they were, like, smiling and palling around. It oh, was... dude, that crosses David off the list right there. And he smiles. <laughs> no Fuck smiling, that. Dude. Do not <laughs> no, I want you on stage in full awareness that your instrument could kill somebody at any moment. Yeah. You so be... when people are, like, getting close, you're like, Look, see this thing? <laughs> see this what? badge? This is my town. All right. Well, nobody, yeah. nobody, nobody did pick any of the the Metallica morbid ballads. Yeah, Crossed uh, my mind. I just, I don't like their yeah. ballads, sort of in general. I kind of think, I think it doesn't. Okay. It doesn't meet like it's a metal ballad. It ain't a power ballad. Right. You know I mean, the power ballad has to drive the narrative of the ballad. But would Fade to Black fit that? No, I think that's the switcheroo ballad. That's up there okay. with like the the rock and roll over stuff where they start slow and they're like, hit it. <laughs> Guitar. <laughs> well, what what about uh, One, two, three. I know there's some other songs in here like uh like Metal Church's uh Watch the Children Pray. That's not a bad yeah. one, dude. So it's Super. not a love song. It's real weird. kind of, it's kinda of like a like a it, it, so let's talk about the Watch Does the it Children ever Pray. Kick in? Uh not really. It kind of like has a slow build toward the end yeah. and it kind of the drums lift up, but it doesn't like I think there's some screaming in there you get from the vocalist. Uh, I was literally looking from like, doesn't Celtic Frost have a ballad somewhere? And we, no, nobody picked uh, White Lions. One of White Lions' biggest hits is uh, when, when the children, when the cry, children cry. cry. Yeah. I no. thought about that too, but that doesn't get very power ballady. It kind of stays no. pretty steady. It's just ballady. It's. It is. Yeah, I think it's. I don't think there's any. Is there any drumming in that? I don't think there's any at all. I don't I think, think it builds much at all. I probably say there is so that he gets his money. But 
I'm gonna. And so I was, I was, I was punching in. Uh, you know, Brittany, oh, you know Brittany. what was on my my uh, on my um, what list? Do you call it? Honorable mentions. Mama, I'm coming home. Okay. And uh, close my eyes forever. They were on my yeah. eyes. close yeah, my eyes forever. Okay, it's not actually that good of a song. Like Ozzy's part is good. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I look back on it fondly, but when I, li- I listen to it today and I'm like, oh, you know, it's just not that good. I really like Lita Ford, um, but that's not, you know. Yeah, she had, so, a, she, uh, she had another good ballad there with uh, Lisa about her mother. Yeah, good I don't know. not the right word. Yeah, she had a ballad about her mother. <laughs> it was a ballad about her mother. Right. Uh, just, just that, the, yeah, was, is that your Bible? Well, it's a Bible. It's a Bible. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's uh it's somebody's bible um, what, we, we, we no, did... mama i'm coming home is pretty good but like the the problem with that song is it's ozzy at that point is so is so out of it it's barely ozzy he's like he's computerized ozzy at that it's point. very it's very produced and i never thought that yeah I, I think maybe that was another song too that just got played so much on mtv that it just you just kind of got sick of it, uh, and with yeah with the with, with the with the pigeons or the doves and shit going on. Uh, nobody had Mr. Big either to be with you yeah. or Wild World. Yeah. Man, those guys don't need to like. I don't know they, they they can they can go out to dinner on those songs every day of the week so long as they go to Applebee's. You know what else was on my uh, almost? It didn't even make my honorable mentions. Um, Blood Streets by riot oh yeah check that, that out that's not bad blood i mean you streets. could argue whether it's a power ballad i mean it starts okay. out we, it, that's the first time i think we've ever mentioned riot on this show which is no, pretty we good. had a whole episode on riot it sucked <laughs> we did i mean it was wonderful to listen to. <laughs> no we're gonna do one just do one song swords and tequila <laughs> That kind of sums up their whole ethic. But no, check out Blood Streets by Riot. Like I remember when that record came out, I owned the cassette. Is that on Thundersteel? Thundersteel, yeah. yeah that's okay. a great album. It is a good record. But at that point, I don't think anybody was in the band anymore. Uh, well, that's no, there's so bands, many lineup changes. That's one yeah. of those bands that's been around for so long. Nobody's in it. Yeah, there's actually like a competing band that's just called Riot 5. Or as it's, like the same, the it's the same the Roman people with just different pieces of them. Yeah. It's <laughs> and they uh, all play the same music. It's a strange evolution there. It's like you uh, have black flag, flag, not black flag, Henry's yeah. army. Wow. It works yeah. it works out. And because... they have fifteen band logos. <laughs> <laughs> what about extremes more than words? Because that yeah, was a I song about that. Was... that. Uh, but again, it doesn't so go anywhere. It just kind of stays. Uh, yeah, but that's that's what it was supposed to do. Yeah. It was Let me throw my wife's top five in here. Because, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, before, okay. before we finish well, up. Everybody yeah. be quiet. He's uh, speaking same, on behalf of his wife. Same number five, Tesla's love song. Number four, she had Sweet Child of Mine. Okay. Number three, Home Sweet Home. Number two, Alone Again. And number one, Still Loving You. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, dude, really? Yeah, I think I got in trouble mostly because of ordering. Wow! Um, yeah, because like the only difference there was she had. Uh, listen to this podcast. I didn't have "Sweet Child of Mine." Yeah, that's the only uh, I didn't difference. Have home really. sweet home either. But Colin did. Uh, in her honorable mentions, she had uh, "Mama, I'm Coming Home," "Silent Lucidity," "The Ballad of Jane," and "Warrant's Heaven." 
Which that is a good song. I thought about yeah, Heaven. Let's make sure she yeah. doesn't listen to this. Yeah, uh, Heaven was another song there that for for a band like uh, like Warrant, you know, they had a couple. They had, the Down Boys came out, didn't really go anywhere. Cherry Pie was big, uh, but off the first record here. Oh Heaven, yeah, when Heaven came out, that that went big, and uh, then they put out a, a, a second power ballad with Sometimes She Cries. Oh yeah, it's like. Well, fucking a that, that album went multi platinum. Yep, and then on the next record they had "I Saw Red." Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that? Yeah. That, that That's the, on Cherry Pie. Cherry Pie also has like uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin yep. on it too, which is the, great. The Rainmaker. Yep. Yeah. There's the, Uncle Tom's Cabin is a good song. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Harriet Beecher Stowe's novel, though, which I found like just kind of. It's a weird story. It's a really weird title. It is a super weird title. It's like and it's I like a, you're the only hell your mom ever raised. Um, I want them uh, to re-release that song right now. I, I no, I want Corn to cover it. <laughs> I mean, I did there. I mean, it's the B side of the it's callback. <laughs> Yep. Um, so again, like maybe that's that's the thing too. Like the power Did balance. You say become... Heaven was on her honorable mentions. No. Uh, yes, honorable mentions. This yeah, but I, it's... You know, I, I, in the in the pantheon of metal ballads, Heaven is up there for a lot of people. I yeah. I'm not a giant fan of Warrant in general. I think they have some super good songs. Like, like I said, I think Uncle Tom's Cabin is a great song. Um, but Heaven was, I mean, a blockbuster, like huge, huge. Oh, yeah. I remember. But I, but I think if you go back and you had to be honest with yourself and like really listen to it, you'd be like, this is kind of cheesy. But it, it, uh, most most love songs are kind of smooshy, gooshy, kind of kind of cheesy. Far away. Yeah. Closer to it every day. You know, we could look at some other ones here. How about like Kisses Forever off of Hot in the Shade? Yeah, Kiss. I, I, and yeah, they have like song. God Gave Rock and Roll to You. I that hate it doesn't songs. even count. Oh, oh. <laughs> so that's forever, bad. but that you can save that guy. And that's a cover too. It wasn't good when Argent did it. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, I, Reason to Live is another one there off the Crazy Nights record. Yeah. So that, that, I, so I, think, I think their older ballads might be. I mean, I'll take World Without Heroes over any of those. <laughs> oh hell yeah, for Dude, sure. I thought about putting that on my list just to piss off Joey Mahoney. <laughs> <laughs> Joey Mahoney. Uh, let's see if there's anything else that we're like just, you know, forgetting. Uh, nah, did, I think did, we got to get out of here. Yeah. Did I, already, <laughs> did, 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 did I mention everything from Europe? Yeah, the carry song. <laughs> did. Wow. I mean, once you get to Cherokee, what's left? <laughs> you, know, you just, you just, you just hold so your long. breath and wait for the next record. <laughs> God damn! I gotta look uh, up Europe Cherokee now. I, d- I did, I did make a point there, like we, because we, we, we've done these sort of shows where we're like, hey, what's going on in the transition period between, you know, '80s metal and and what's going on in the '90s, whether it's grunge or, you know, alternative. But uh, some of these carried on. I mean, like we said, that that Firehouse song was number five in 1991, the same month that Nevermind came out. Yeah, so it's like the last gasp, and then yeah, the, the, then please quick, just, sell all sell off all the acid wash jeans quick. Go get out. Go to Japan and make lots of money. <laughs> but uh, so so where does the power ballad go after that? Does it just kind of disappear? 
I think, you know, the case could be made if you listen to, uh, I don't know, like the first Pearl Jam record, that song Black. That's that's a power ballad there. Oh, and for sure. No, I, I don't think the ballads went away. They just weren't being sung by T's hair and spandex anymore. Yeah. Like, I think there's still a market for it, man. Oh, for sure. I think now it's kind of uh, the, the, the retro effect has uh, has taken place where songs like Warren's Heaven, shit is going to be, it's just like like poisons, every rose has its thorn. It's like Dude, uh, Steel Panther community property. If that song wasn't a joke, people would be buying that single left, right, and center, dude. Yeah. I, again, it's a song that if you didn't listen to it closely enough, you would think, yep, this is pretty sincere. What about <laughs> Saigon Kicks, Love is on the Way? Wow. Ooh, song. Yeah. That's a good Ooh. song. Uh there what about that Thunder song? Um ACDCs? No, the 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 band Thunder. Uh, you go onto like these lists here of like top power ballads. Oh. They'll always throw in a little little song from Thunder. But yeah. you know, with, with more with more inspection, you could go Eelheart, then they have one. Uh, they probably had five. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let's see. Well, it's you know, I, I, and again, the I have to mention too, like the the, the two uh, EPs that Allison Chains put out. So I think that like the power ballad becomes something a little bit more gloomy, morose, uh, yeah. depressed. It's it, it's not so much about love. It's you know, you look at uh, like those those great Soundgarden songs, like I Fell on Black Days or or Like Suicide. They they're not about love or or, or the sort of like uh, uh, co- usual conflicted emotions. They just kind of like turn really sort of. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like when dark. when music was transitioning. What other ballads were sort of in that time? I think Black is a good call out. Like Black Crows had uh, "She Talks to Angels." Yeah, yeah. There, there's a ballad that, you know around that time. I mean, like, there's there's bands that are pulling it hit. off. I I think yeah. that there's there's got to be. It seems like these days. Let's and I say these days, say the last ten years, last five mm. ten years. To pull off a ballad, you have to have some understood level of cred, right? So you check out, you know, um, what's uh, what's the song off of Audio Slaves' first record? I'm the highway. Oh, jeez. Oh yeah, I'm the oh highway. yeah, the one, right? the one with them like just sitting in that mansion. Yeah, it's like on, you, on that like, Oriental rugs, like yeah. you, you know, like uh, you song. get Chris Cornell uh, singing "I'm the Highway," uh, like a stone. He, like a like, stone, well, is, like a stone, is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, it's like he rolls in with a level of cred that people listen to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that you can't pull that off. I think that if somebody without that entree tries to pull off a ballad, they're going to get called out. Especially if your your band is, you know, the you know Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> like, hey guys, what if we just did like this? Uh, it's kind I've of like got this on. just hear me out. <laughs> well you're chris cornell bro so you can you can do whatever you want yeah. but uh yeah i think you know the, the the slower songs i think you listen to bands like stained or good stuff uh, there too hinder off the bands are pulling off covers dude like yeah and i think that there is a distance you know what I mean? There's a distance that needs to be created by some bands they can't pull off a a, a ballad but they'll do a cover of a ballad. And I think that that is very telling. Yeah. Well, um, maybe it's telling that they suck at writing songs and maybe it's, it's telling that they don't feel like they've got the cred to perform their own songs. I think we need to do a cover episode. 
at some point. Talk I love, about cover yeah, songs. I love a good cover song. Good cover song, and you hate a bad cover song. Do I for sure? (laughs) Like if like if you want to hear like a really bad ballad, you should check out the Britney Fox song "Pray for the Weak." Oh my gosh, you just you will like you 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 just kind of shit your pants a little bit. Don't take on Britney Fox, Britney Britney Fox. Although Ugly Kid Ugly Kid Joe did. um, Cats in the Cradle. To your point, though, David, that was their only hit they ever had. <laughs> what so, about? I, I mean, they're I not hate very good. About you. Hold, on, hold on, hold on. Tell me yeah, about that's you. Not really a hit. Oh, Save the week. Oh, it was a hit. It was a hit. Uh, I remember that, that video being on a lot. They shot uh, the video like a block from my apartment in San Yeah, it, it got a lot. It got a lot of play. He but, leaned uh, out the window. Yeah. You suck, dude. Those <laughs> you would see those guys. The back of their album cover is a couch on fire on the street I lived on. <laughs> nice uh but uh yeah so it's 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 a tricky business here with uh with the with the, these special songs these selections whether they're the ballads and they maybe don't fit the the band's image but like if we if we do the next episode on cover songs we'll see like that's that can make a big difference too we already talked about what it did for for somebody like uh, like quiet right and if you want to hear a really bad uh ballad check out there in the uh, ghetto by thunder their, their song called thunderbird on the first record just dedicated to the dead randy Rhodes. uh wow. or what's the the one they do on qr3 or not qr3 but like quiet riot oh yeah the one about or, um the uh, la, la, la. twilight hotel twilight hotel or something i was thinking it, of the other one that was a little, little popular it had some, yeah some, it had some a video it. for it it's like it's like a, only the lonely or only the young or something Oh, that's like the young and the wild. Thank you, wild and the young. Wild and that, the young. That, that was that was their rocker, but then they yeah. had like Twilight Hotel, which was like, like a poor man's Hotel California. Just like flush that shit, garbage, <laughs> garbage. But you know, so you, you not everybody can write a good power ballad like the Scorpions. Just saying, that's for sure. You ain't wrong. Not everything's going to be a world without heroes. All right. Oh God, somebody get us out of here. <laughs> Pull the plug on this bitch. Thank you, one and all, for joining us on our exploration of metal power ballads. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank you all for engaging with us on the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna stay away from TikTok for the moment because Trump will shut us down or. Um, <laughs> The Chinese will take all your information. So uh, search us out, Middle-Aged Metalheads, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Thank you again for listening. If you can, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.